Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. How many are blessed to be here this morning? You can go ahead and take your seats. Amen. I just want to thank God. Amen. For for my salvation. Amen. And what he's doing in my life. Also, my wife and my granddaughter sitting there in the back. Amen. I thank God for everything. Thank God for our pastor, Pastor Reuben. Amen. For allowing me to preach behind this pulpit. Amen. But we're going to go ahead and jump right into the word this morning. Amen. Uh, uh, we got sent out in April out there to Fresno. Amen. Then we, I got an infection in my leg, so we were kind of just put on freeze for a while. Amen. But the leg is all healed up. I mean, uh, we get the keys to our new house. Amen. Tuesday. Amen. Uh, uh, God allowed us to buy a house out there. Amen. So we're just blessed on God's favor. Amen. So we know from here, everything's just going to be real quick, speed, the way God intended everything to do. Amen. But today I'm going to talk about what is your name? Amen. We're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 32, verse 26 and 27. I'm reading out of the Amplified Classic Edition because I like the way it broke, it broke it down. It reads like this in verse 26. Then he said, let me go, for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. Verse 27, the man asked him, what is your name? And in shock of realization, whispering, he said, Jacob. Surplanter, schemer, trickster, and swindler. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. I ask you, God, to just take full control, God. Allow me to step aside and allow you to flow through me. Holy Spirit, we give you liberty to encourage us, to challenge us, to deal with us, God. And where we need to be dealt with, not what we think we should be dealt with. But God, we ask that everyone will leave here, God, encouraged by your word, knowing, God, that your call that you've given us, God, is not a mistake or a coincidence. We come against any distractions right now in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, what is your name? Okay, now, if the opposite sex is sitting there, don't change your voice like, hey, what's your name, girl? That's not what we're saying. Amen. We're, we're going to read the scripture right here. Amen. What is your name? And, and the reason why I use this part, because after said Jacob said his name, he said surplanter, schemer, trickster, and swindler. Now, if you look up the definition just from a regular dictionary of surplanter, it says someone or something taking the place of another as through force or scheming. The definition of schemer, a person who plans secretly to do something for their own advantage. And trickster, someone who leads you to believe something that is not true. And so as we, as we get ready to look into the, the life of Jacob, this portion of scripture is already towards the end. But if we understand Jacob's life and we see from the very beginning that Jacob and his brothers, he was a twin. But the scripture says that when he was born, he was holding on to the hill. Of his brother, trying to get ahead, amen. Uh, and how many know sometimes we're like that as believers? We try to get ahead in the things of God doing it our way. Amen. That, that was Jacob's whole life until he came to this portion of Scripture. God had given him a promise already that God was going to give him the blessing. God was going to use him in a tremendous way. But he really didn't believe God that was true to his word. 
Just like you and I this morning, God has given us a promise. Amen? How many has God given a promise here this morning? Amen? See, some of you are afraid to raise up your hand because you don't believe that promise. Amen? Jacob had a promise from God, but he didn't believe it. So he tried to do everything his own way. And sometimes we're like that in church. We come to church. We know God has a plan for our life, but it's, it's mind-blowing because God says, I'm going to use you to preach. And then you look at yourself and say, I have no education. How am I going to preach? And then we start limiting God, but I still struggle with this, and I still struggle with that, and I'm still doing a little scheming here and there. And, and, and instead of understanding that, when God calls us, he knows exactly what he's doing. Look at your neighbor. Tell him God knows exactly what he's doing with your life. And so here in Jacob's story, it's all about his, his disbelief in God's ability and willingness to give him the blessing he promised him before birth. So what he does is his whole life, he burns everybody around him and he hurts everybody around him. Instead of trusting God, he steals the blessings and abundance for himself. Doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, no, the flesh wants to do everything in its own strength. The flesh will tell you, you ain't got to pray. You know the scripture already. The flesh will tell you, you ain't got to surrender everything to God. You're doing good where you're at right now. Look, at you're no longer doing drugs. It's not about just getting saved to get off dope or not. It's God saved us because there's a purpose for our life. There's a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. And, and we, when we understand that, what we do is we allow the Holy Spirit to take full control. Because in Genesis 25, 23, it talks about there that the Lord told Rebecca that you're going to have two nations inside your womb. Because she was wondering what's going on. They were fighting inside her womb. Amen. The, uh, the two brothers, the twins. And so the Lord came and told her, you're going to have two nations. And so Jacob, from the very beginning, is already fighting God's plan. I wonder if we were to look at our lives here this morning, how many are fighting God's plan right now? God's got a tremendous call for you to go to a different part of the world. Hello, somebody to go to another city or maybe just to say, I want to volunteer and get involved in ministry. But yet you're still fighting God. You're like, God, I don't want to do that right now. I just want to enjoy my life as a believer. I mean, know that you won't be able to enjoy your life as a believer if you're not doing what God's called you to do. Where's the new leadership that is rising up? Where are those men, women, couples, teenagers, young people that say, God, here I am, send me? Because there's opportunity for you. How many could say amen? There's opportunity, but where are the new leaders that are rising up that are saying, I'm going to take control of my flesh, and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to move through me? See, Jacob's name means deceiver, and it suits him. Deceiver means you... You, make, you want somebody to believe you're something you're really not. It's getting quiet in this holy place. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm strong. And you know all the scriptures, but you have no relationship with him. You're doing everything on the flesh. You're showing up to church. You're, you're, you got your post and you're here and you're doing everything here physically in the flesh. But what about the spirit allowing God to flow through us at the same time? Because you can be doing ministry and you're angry on the inside. Right? Why do they have me here? I volunteered to usher, but why am I in the parking lot? Or, man, I, I, I volunteered, but I don't want to take care of the kids. Right? Well, I remember when my kids, all three of them were small. 
we went to church and you volunteer? No, I, I just want to drop off my kids. I need a break, right? How many know what I'm talking about? And so when we look at the life of Jacob, he, he buys his brother's birthright over a bowl of stew in Genesis 25. His brother came in from the field and his brother uh, didn't value his birthright. And so he sold it to his brother. I mean, we couldn't look at that as free 99, that, uh, they're, they're, that we have to learn to value God's call in our life. Don't just give it up for an impulse. He was hungry. He came in. He says, okay, you can have my birthright. Just give me some food to eat. And then once he got that, then he just took off. And then in Genesis 27, that's when Jacob and Rebekah, they come together to steal Esau's blessing. So remember, Jacob was deceiver, trying to get God's plan or God's promises his own way. And God had already promised him everything he was trying to get. But he was in the flesh, so he was trying to do it his own way. They, they, they schemed together, Rebekah and him, to steal Esau's blessing. You remember that the Bible says that his father's eyes got, were dim. He couldn't see. So his mom told him, go ahead and put all this furry. That way you can feel like your brother. Right? And then he stole the birthright. After he stole that birthright, all of a sudden Esau, the Bible says, became angry at him. And it says, when my dad dies, I'm going to kill him. And that's where Jacob takes off, and he goes to his uncle's house, and then at his uncle's house there, he, he sees Rachel. And he says, man, she's fine. I want to marry her. <laughs> okay, that's not but the Bible. That's my interpretation, amen? <laughs> Some of you are looking, that's not what it said in the Bible, you know? Get all these theologians in here and stuff, man. And then it's, so they say, okay, work seven years for me, and you can have her. Then what happens? He works seven years, and they give her uh, uh, the sister. And the Bible says she was ugly. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. That's, that's scripture right there. It says she was ugly. So then he had to work another seven years. How many know you reap what you sow? He was conniving his whole life. Now he got connived himself. But he worked the whole seven years. And for her, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, he goes on from there. And then... In Genesis 27, verse 41, it says there, Esau was angry with Jacob. He was angry because of the blessing his father had given to Jacob. He said, the days of sorrow over my father's death are now kill my brother. And so when he goes over there, all of a sudden, Jacob, after all this happened, he hears that his brother's coming to look for him. And then because he knows his brother's coming and he knows his brother was going to want to kill him, that's where we open up in the scripture where we were at, where it says he was there and, and, and he was said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Now, what he was saying is, I got all these blessings on my, my own, myself, my flesh. But God, now I'm going to a serious part in my life where there needs to be something supernatural that's going to take place. I need the real blessing and I'm not going to go until I get the real touch from you. What happened? All the things he did on his own, they didn't satisfy him. Because how many know the things of the flesh that you get, they're going to die. But the things that are spiritual, how many know they're lasting? Amen. And, and, and so he was at that place. And, and so he asked, Jacob asked God to protect him from Esau in Genesis 32. Amen. But he, and he sends, but then he goes back to his, oh, God, protect me. But then he sent all kind of gifts to his brothers. Go ahead of him and a parade, meet him. That way you can soften him up. And so he's still conniving. I mean, no, as long as we're in the flesh, amen, we're going to battle that, that thing that's going to say, go ahead and make it work your way. Make it work your way. 
If you're single, then you want to start dating. Oh, make it work your way. You ain't got to tell your pastors or leaders yet. Anyways, you're just texting. Right? How many know that texting will turn into sexting? Hello, somebody. So here we find the story of Jacob, and it's going to teach us a lot of lessons that even though he was not perfect, God blessed him and used him in a mighty way, amen? So we see from his life that God can use anyone, no matter what their past is, to do great things for his kingdom. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God wants to use you in a great way. See, we have to understand that. We're, we're coming to the end times. It's, it's, it, we see it all around us. And we are the mama church. Amen. Hello, somebody. So there should be a pool of, of, of couples, of single people, of young people that say, God, I want to do what you called me to do. So in order to get to the place where I need to be, I need to put the flesh away. Yes. I mean, no, that's easier said than done. So here, Jacob, again, it means deceiver. And his whole life, we see him deceiving. Amen. But yet God blessed Jacob with the same blessing he gave to Abraham. That's what said the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This, this story gives us hope that it doesn't matter what condition you're in this morning. God's plan is still alive for your life. And you're never going to achieve it unless you learn to get along with God like Jacob did here. He said, man, I'm tired of conniving. I'm in a life or death situation. I need to go ahead and put everything aside and just get a hold of God. Because too many times we, we just want somebody to pray for us to get our breakthrough. I mean, it doesn't work like that. Prayer is good, and times they pray and they encourage us, but you have to get along with you and God and say, God, I'm going to get here, God, and I'm not going to get up until you uh, touch me, until you give me a breakthrough, until I, I see things taking place in the supernatural. So I want to bring out three points real quick. The first one is let God finish what he started. See, God had gave a prophecy to Rebecca that the younger, uh, the older will serve the younger. That was her, her promise. And so if you look at the culture, that's not the way it was. It was you serve the older, you know, and now it's, it's, it's changed. And, and so she didn't believe it herself. She tried to do it on her own. That's why she told him still the blessing. And Jacob didn't believe it, amen, because he, he really didn't know who God was. He heard about God, amen. But sometimes we come and the same place we say, God, okay, I got saved. I'm excited. How many remember when you first got saved, man? You made an altar call and boogers were running down. Makeup was coming down, amen. And you didn't care who was around. And God, I'll do anything you ask me to do. But now you have to fight some battles now you have to pay a price and now you're saying well I don't know if I want to do that right. it's getting too hard how I many know if it was easy everybody would be doing it right. let God finish what he started most people miss God's best because they give up too soon Amen. the devil's not going to let you just walk into it right. he's going to hit you with everything he can hit you with yeah. Why do you think you've been going through so much stuff? Some of it can be your own bad decisions, don't get me wrong. 
But some of it is also the devil just coming against you. He wants to break up your family. He wants to break up your marriage. He, he wants to bring doubt in your situation. Oh, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to get a financial breakthrough. My kids are never going to get saved. And, and, but we need to understand that if we're going forward and we let God do what he says he's going to do, breakthrough will come. We, sometimes you just have to hold on. And you're holding on by a thread, but just hold on because God is faithful to his promises let God finish what he started what do you mean by that give it to God and don't take it back sometimes we give things to God here God I give you my family and then you take it back meaning that you don't leave it in his hands for him to work it out so every time we take it back we take it back out of his hands let me worry about that issue. No, if it's in God's hands, we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because how many know your, your marriage is going to be tested? Oh, the husbands don't want to say nothing because huh, your wife is sitting next to you. huh? No. <laughs> There's going to go times where you're just going to annoy each other. I mean, everything, the way you chew. Oh, you chew like a horse, you know. Everything's just going to bother you, what she does. But that's part of the process of you guys building your foundation and you guys learning to say, this is what's going to matter in our marriage. I'm not going to give up on you. Too many people use nowadays, we're not compatible. Right? Thank God you're not compatible. Right? I mean, imagine if there was two of you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Like, come on. You know, it's like, man. See, most people miss God's best because they give up too soon. Just because you don't agree what is going on doesn't mean you stop. God, I don't understand what's happening. And sometimes we get like that. God, am I, am I really doing what you call me to do? Because all these things are coming against me. But that's God just putting you at a standstill. And say, how are you going to act when I have you still? When I have you on the shelf? I mean, that happened to us. When we went out in April, we skyrocketed. We're going, 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 going. Then all of a sudden, I got an infection in my leg where I was down. Like three months down. That's why you see me here all the time. You're so, oh, did he backslide? Why are you coming back? No, I didn't backslide, you know. I was taking care of my leg, you know, and stuff. And I was asking God, what's going on, God? You know, you hit here our family, you hit here the kids, you, you hit here what's going on in our marriage. Man, our team, you hit our team. And, and I was at a place by myself, God, am I really called to Fresno? You know, but God just had me still. And when I was still, he was saying, but you still need to go deeper with me. And, and like Jacob, like, okay, I know how to do all this because I've done it before. But God said, no, I want to do something new. And so I had to come to the place where God just put me at a standstill and says, okay, you got to know me better. Amen. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I've already known you like 41 years. What? And he says, no, no, you know nothing about me. And sometimes we don't understand that. We're like, God, I already know. I already figured you out. No, that's the flesh, amen. When we go in the spirit, we know more of God every single day that we go forward. Amen. Too many people are stopping short. Right before the breakthrough. Remember, because you leave or quick doesn't mean that the struggle is going to leave. How I many know it's going to follow you wherever you go? Oh, it's the church. It's not the church. It's you. Amen. Somebody just got mad. See? See? 
You got issues. And we're trying to help you. That way you can become everything God created you to become. See, some of you are still stuck in issues. You heard me say this before. When you go home, look in the mirror and say it real slow. It's you. How many know that we must finish the things we start? Jacob had been running and struggling his whole life. Just running. Let me do this on my own. Let me get the blessing. That blessing was already promised to him. Just like you, God's already given you your promise that's there. All we got to do is surrender in the process and say, God, I'm going to give you everything. God, you know how I am. You know my struggles. You know my weakness. You know how my mind runs sometimes. But God, nevertheless, I'm going to believe what you say and I'm just going to surrender. And then you find out that on your worst day, God will use you the most. And then you realize, man, I had nothing to do with this. I just have to keep saying yes to God and allow him to flow through me. I mean, no, the gospel is simple. And that's where we come here in the story, Genesis 32 and through 22. It goes on through 30, but it says he rose up that night and he left it alone. It says, but he rose up the same night, took everything he had and passed over. And it says in verse 23, and he took them and sent them across the brook. And look at right here. And Jacob was left alone. He was left alone. How many know that we have to come to the place where we put all distractions aside? For some, it may be TV. For some, it may be Facebook. You're on Facebook right now. And whatever it is, we have to come to realize, God, uh, I need to just put everything that's pulling me aside. Distractions. If you're single, it may be somebody else distracting you. Every time you make a choice, amen, to, to go forward with the Lord, then the distraction comes in. Money. Also, I got to take that job that's going to pull me away from church. I mean, no, no, you don't. Come on, come on. You're faced with an issue. Now, do I have faith to believe God or do I got to take things in my own control? Because God will never give you something that will take you away from him. Amen. Remember that. He'll never give you something that'll take you away from him. Right. And so this leads me to our second point is that you have to separate yourself. The Bible says that he sent everybody away. Like, man, uh, my brother's here. I'm going to have to confront him. God, I, I need your protection, but let me just put everybody aside. All my distractions, let me put them aside, God, because I really need a touch from you. When's the last time you put everything aside? When's the last time you separated yourself? And put all distractions away. Hallelujah. That means don't take your phone when you pray. Amen. Because you think you're praying, but you're really on Facebook. See how many likes you got. How I many know that's not prayer? Come on, think about it. When, if you're talking to somebody and they're on their phone, don't you say, well, that's rude. I'm talking to you. But yet we do it to the Lord. When we're in prayer, oh, we're all distracted. Oh, I'm praying. I know you're not praying. Prayer is where you're right there, like Jacob got right here. He separated himself, and, and he says, God, I, I need to be alone with you. Yes, yes, yes. Conniving all his life, now he realized, hey, I got all the things already on my own strength. Now my brother's going to come, and he's looking for me because I stole all his blessings. I took them from him. Now he wants to kill me. And so all of a sudden, he snapped. Man, if I continue to go in the flesh, it's going to kill me. I need a supernatural touch from God. 
I mean, no, sometimes God has to eliminate distractions around us to get our attention. What distraction is he trying to eliminate in your life right now? But then you look at it and say, oh, no, no, that's, that's not that bad. I'm not that bad. I only do that like once every three weeks now. I mean, no, he didn't die just to give us partial victory. He died and rose again to give us total victory, amen? And the only way we get that is if we separate ourselves and we say, God, it's you and me, whether you're praying for a financial breakthrough, whether you're praying for your loved ones, whether you're praying for a healing, whether you're praying for your marriage, the only way to get a breakthrough is to separate yourself. It says a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And it says when he seen he couldn't win... He touched Jacob's hip. He put it out of socket. And because Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. When's the last time we did that with God? We want a financial breakthrough, but yet we don't sow seed of finances to the church. I mean, whatever seed you plant is what's going to grow. Oh, well, I'm praying for it. No, no, get some money, put an envelope and give it to your church. What's that doing? It's planting a seed of finances. What does that mean? It means it's going to come back to you. See, some of you are mad now because I'm talking about money. You know, you're talking about money for you. You were doing so good. How many know you need money to go everywhere? Some of you are praying for a breakthrough. The only way you're going to get a breakthrough is to plant that financial seed into your church, not to somebody else's ministry. If this is your church, your seed comes here. If this is where you got hope, if this is where God brought restoration to your family, if this is where God's given you vision and God's given you a future, this is where your finances go. Some give more money to the burrito stand down the street from your house than you do your church. And yet you're praying for a financial breakthrough. I mean, it doesn't work that way. It's just going to lead me to my third point. I'm a camper right here. This is the key to your breakthrough. You have to be honest with yourself. Verses 27 and 28, the man asked him, what is your name? That's where I got the title from. What is your name? And as we read from the beginning, the opening scripture here, he says, and in shock of realization. In other words, he was wrestling with the Lord, and all of a sudden, what's your name? And then it says he was in shock. This portion of the scripture, he was in shock of realization, whispering. He said to Jacob, or he said, and then Jacob, surplanter, schemer, trickster, and swindler. What was Jacob doing? For the first time in his life, Jacob was being real with himself. The first time in his life, he's in the presence of God because too many times we go in the presence of God and we're not real about our circumstances. Oh, God, I'm doing great. He's looking at you. No, you're not. I see everything you're doing. I live in you. The Holy Spirit knows exactly where you're at. And sometimes we don't realize that, but the scripture says, Jacob told him, hey, here I am, man. I'm a deceiver for the first time in his life. He was honest. He was saying, I've been a deceiver my whole life. Because too many times we go, oh, God, I pray right here. God, I pray for my marriage. Give me a breakthrough. Touch my wife, God. Touch my husband. And God is saying, man, it's not them. It's you. 
you don't want to change. Because how many know reality is we can't change our spouse. Only God can. The only person we can change is ourselves. But how many know that's where pride gets in? You said, what to me, girl? Don't you know who I am? Some of you really don't know who you married. Your wife crazier than you. <laughs> He's saying, I was been a deceiver my whole life. For the first time in his life, he was being honest with himself. He was saying, I'm tired of struggling. He says, man, he, and I'm thinking about it. He's there with God, and he's telling him to touch me. I'm not going to let you go. And in other words, he said, I was, I'm tired of being someone else. I'm tired of putting on a front like I got your real blessings when I, when I made it happen myself. He was saying, God, this is the real me. I'm tired of trying to work it out by myself. I'm all messed up, God. If you can really use me, I need to touch now. When's the last time we were real with ourselves? Because I'll tell you one thing. If you're not real about yourself, you're not going to be real with God. Too many times we go into prayer, oh, God, I'm doing good, and pray for them. And God says, you're not doing good. I see you. I live inside of you. I see everything that comes in through you. When's the last time you were real with God? Think about that. Because too many times we got, we got like a, a routine when we go to prayer. I mean, when I was down, just stuck, I mean, for the first couple of months, I just had to stay in bed with my foot up because of the, the hole in my leg, and I was going crazy. You know, I, I like to go and just move, do things, do things. Now I'm just laid out. I'm like, God, what's going on? I evaluated everything. God, what am I doing wrong, God? I mean, show me, God. And then I joke around. You know, I, I told my wife, yeah, I've, I've been praying. God, search me. Then. And he told me, it's not you. It's your wife. And I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it had me in a place where I was like Jacob, isolated. God, this is where I'm at, God. I thought I knew you, but I really don't. Been serving you 41 years, God, but I, I realized, man, you're, you're trying to take me deeper. You're trying to say, I'm going to do something new through your life. It's like some of you here, God's got a tremendous call in your life, but you keep trying to figure it out in the flesh. You're a Proverbs 3-5 person. Brother Eileen, Sister Eileen. Eileen on my own understanding. Right? It's like, man, and you're trying to do it, and God is saying, no, just trust me. Just trust me. I didn't make a mistake when I called you. I didn't make a mistake when I chose you. I didn't make a mistake when I picked you up from that pit. I didn't make a mistake when I rescued you. I didn't make a mistake when I brought you back to life when you should have been dead. But then after he's real, in verse 28, it says, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God, and it says, and with men and have won. You know what that name Israel means? God prevails. God wins. So when we look at the story, it's interesting to see how Jacob goes from being a deceiver to God is winning. I mean, no, when we surrender to the Lord, then God is winning because he's able to do through our lives what he created us to do. But when we fight with God, I don't want to do what you call me to do. You made a mistake. 
that's where the battle is. And then we use more energy. Some, some people here this morning are using more energy fighting God than you are the devil. I don't want to do it, God. You don't understand. My marriage is all messed up. He knows. Until you surrender, it's not going to get better. When I got saved, I, I, I wasn't perfect. I know some of you shocks you, but you know, I, <laughs> I wasn't perfect. First started teaching Bible study. You heard me say this before. I used to write real big on my notes. Whatever you do, don't cuss. Why? Because I just said, God, here I am. I gave everything in the world 100%, so I'm not going to shortchange you now. I'm going to give you everything that I have. And, and then when we started going to church, we were busy, busy, busy. I would leave the house arguing with my wife. Oh, there you go again to church again. Right? I wore the pants in the house. See, some of you men are getting mad. Why do you go there? <laughs> What I was doing is I was setting a foundation. I was sold out in the world, so this is where I'm going to be. I'd be, I don't come back. Have them cooked for you. Again, that's when we were first saved. It's not now, amen? So don't go look at her all mean and crazy or nothing like that. I was setting the foundation. This is the way it's going to be, you know? And I remember one time I was teaching a marriage seminar, and I talked about that, but I said I trained my wife. Yeah, exactly. I got it when I got home, you know? <laughs> Am I a dog that you train me? I said, no, I, I meant I was, you know. I go, well, you tell me what word to use. She said, you were setting a foundation. So that, I was setting a foundation, amen. <laughs> See, God was bringing Jacob to the end of his life, and God was saying, Jacob, you have been running your whole life. God was telling him, no more deceiving, no more running, no more manipulation, no more doing it your own way. Touched his hip. He couldn't move. God was telling him, I'm giving you a new identity. I mean, no, that's what happens to us when God comes and we surrender everything to him. doesn't mean we're perfect. It means because if you don't surrender everything to him, how can he work with those issues you struggle with? He can't unless you give him permission. God, I surrender. What is that doing? Giving him permission. God, you do what you need to do in my life to get me where you created me to be. Some of you are satisfied with using a quarter of the power God has for your life. And you're happy, oh, I just go out to church, I don't do drugs no more, and I pay my tithes. How many know there's more than that? What about the call of God, amen, that God separated you and God's anointed you? There's some here that God's anointed, man, and you're, you're called to change the world, but you don't understand and you don't believe what God is doing. So you're trying to make it happen your own self. It's only the power of God that can change a person's identity. God, you know what God was telling Jacob? Jacob. You're not the old you anymore. Some of you need to hear that. You're not the old you no more, man. You're not that schemer that came from the world. You're, you're not that person that tries to make things work out its own way by saying the right things and, and being at the right places. Now he's saying you're that person now that's going to position himself to get a touch from me. You're, you're, you're more than your past. How many understand that? You're more than your past. 
Oh, but you don't understand what I've been through. I've been hurt. I've been destroyed. All these things they've done to me. And God is saying, I understand that, but you're more than your past. Amen? When you understand the call of God in your life, all that stuff that happened to you, I'm going to use it to bring healing to other people it happened to through your life. Some of you needed to hear that this morning, that you're more than your past. The Bible says that the rest of the life, Jacob walked with a limp. Because he touched his hip. He walked with a limp, you know. It wasn't a gangster walk, you know, like, you know nothing like that. He, he, with a limp. He walked with a limp. Not only was his name different, his walk was different. I mean, no, when we get a touch from God, when, when we really go into his presence and we're like, God, I, I, I'm not going to leave until I get a breakthrough. It not only changes your name, it changes your walk. Now you don't walk into those things that kept you compromising. Now you don't walk into those things that, that caused you to go backwards. Now you're turning your back on them and you're walking to the things of God. Say, God, I am that man of God. I am that woman of God. I am that child of God. I am more than a conqueror. See, God gave him a limb so he will never run again. I wonder how many runners we have in here. You're running from the call of God. And God was saying, you don't need to run. I'm with you now. And some of us need to hear that. When God is with us, he knows exactly our condition. He knows we struggle. He, he knows the things we battle with. He knows the thing. And God is saying, I understand all that, but I didn't make a mistake when I called you. I know who you were when I picked you up from the pit. See, every time Jacob took a step, he was reminded that God was with him. I mean, no, that, that's what happens when we connect with God. We get that breakthrough spiritually, and now we walk. We know, hey, it's not me, man. God is with me. God is with me. How many know favor follows you? Favor follows you wherever you go. You ain't got to kick doors open. That's why I said when we looked at everything, I'm like, God, what's going on, God? Man, did I make a mistake? And God is saying, no, I need you to get deeper with me. And then we're trying to rent houses and nothing. All the doors shut. I told him, let's try to buy a house. You know, I said, hey, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm saying, no. We only see one house, ugly house. But God needed to get us there because the fruit blocks from that house was the house that we get the keys for on Tuesday. I would have never went to that house if we didn't go to the ugly. How many know that God has a way of positioning us where he wants us in order to get us where he needs us to be? We made a bid on that house. Seen it Sunday morning. Monday, I was signing papers. Tuesday, escrow will close. A 14-day escrow. That's unheard of. Our realtor went to the loan officer and was talking to the loan officer, and he says, you know what? I never seen nothing like this. How can somebody go into a house, close in 14 days, and then have 40000 already in equity, plus they're giving them 6000 back to, to, for improvements for the house? He said, that's unheard of. And, and I sit here, and me and my wife, my wife is broken, like, man, God, you're too good. But why? Because God takes care of us. Favor follows you. You ain't got to kick doors open. But when I was over here, laid out, I'm like, God, what are you doing? Some of you may be in that place where you're like, God, what, is your, what are you doing? I'm, I'm still God. And you just need to go to that place where you say, God, I need a breakthrough.
I need a breakthrough. Because God knows what he has in store for all our lives. Some of you are on the verge of your breakthrough. God is ready to open up the next chapter in your life and close this chapter, but you still don't trust his promises as everyone stands. You don't trust his promises. And then you read the end of the story in Genesis 33, 4. It says when they met, uh, the time Jacob gets to Esau, his, his brother just embraced him. God intervened. His brother wasn't mad at him no more. Just embraced him. Embraced him. And how I many know that's what God wants us to do? Embrace the promises he has for our lives. Man, so much potential in here. We are the mama church. The sending church. We're the leaders. We're the men. We're the young couples. We're the single parents that say, God, here I am, God. I'm not going to leave until you give me a breakthrough. That's why you've been going through so much stuff. The enemy still wants you to rely on your flesh. But God says, that time is done. I mean, this year is over. 2024, right around the corner, amen. Some of you are still in the same place you were in the beginning of the year. Say, God, I want more. But you never did nothing different, so you find yourself at the same place here this morning. What God is saying to you, come to the altar and say, God, I'm not going to leave until I get that breakthrough, God. I want everything that you have for my life. Maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're watching and you don't know the Lord. I want to give you this opportunity to say, man, you know, I, I just want to accept the Lord. All this stuff has been happening bad to me. I've been deceiving my whole life. I, I, I've been burning everybody my whole life. But I don't want that no more. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, just by the uplifting of your hand, we want to say a prayer for you. I don't know if anybody is here. Those on our live stream, if that's you, just click the link and let, let us know.